Well, hello, and I want to welcome you to the Victory Church Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Horton. I'm here to bring you a short message that's designed to help you become all that God created you to be and to live your life to the fullest. Thank you so much for listening. Let's get into today's message. Well, I'm so glad to be back with you again today on the Victory Church uh, weekly podcast. I hope you're doing well. And uh, we're going to get right into our subject today. I've been speaking and teaching on the subject of divine healing because I say it, I'll say it a thousand times. There'll never be a time in your life that you don't need faith in God for healing, either for yourself or for someone else. So it behooves us to keep our faith built up in the areas where we know the enemy just may attack us. Believe me, he does attack in the area of physical illness and sickness. And that's the reason we need to keep our faith in God built up really, really strongly. Now, these lessons are going to build upon themselves. So we're just going to give some basic standards, and then we're going to get really practical with the application of divine healing to the individual believer's life, to your life and my life. So let me just say, I'm so empowered about teaching on healing, and I've been you know, teaching on this subject since I've been in ministry since 1981. And the fundamental truths of God's Word never change, do they? Um, but, you know, well, again, as I've mentioned so many times, I was fra- afraid of sickness most of my life as a child and as a teenager. I never heard that it was the will of God to heal. In fact, again, as I said last time, the will of God was sub- was subjected to was subjective to the circumstance and to the individual situation. But when I found out from God's Word that God's will is always health and healing for the believer, if we'll do the things to line up with His Word and will, He will heal us and keep us well. And so again, that, uh, that, that fear of sickness that ruled me left. And now I absolutely refuse fear, fear of sickness. You know, back uh, uh, three years ago when COVID hit, uh, I, I was really surprised at the level of fear that believers were operating in. I've been teaching on divine healing uh, in our church here at Victory ever since I've been here in 1994. And, and you know what I'm surprised about? I'm surprised at how many people that I thought knew the Word of God actually succumbed to the fear of of sickness when it came to uh, when it came to COVID nineteen, and you know what I found out they bought they they bought the enemy's lies they bought the the subterfuge of Satan they bought the uh, intimidation of of the fear that the news media propagated twenty four hours a day seven days a week, and you know I, I'm gonna say this I'll say it however humbly I uh you know I refused I, I just refused fear I was so dominated by fear as a teenager before I came to Jesus that once I saw that fear was a spiritual thing I began to resist fear in Jesus name and now I vehemently set myself against fear in my life of whatever sort it may be fear of sickness fear of failure fear fear of whatever and you know what I just I'm just I refuse it in Jesus name and um, you know, we have to choose what we believe. I choose to believe what God's Word says uh, regardless of the circumstances and regardless of the tide of our culture. And you would be wise to do the same. Am I going to believe what the culture says? Uh, or am I going to believe what God says about me in His Word? Or am I going to believe, 
you know, the propaganda that the news media is spouting over and over and over again. So again, what are you choosing right now? Are you choosing fear or are you choosing faith? And, and I've heard people say this over the past several years <clears throat> with respect to the COVID thing. Well, I'm just using wisdom. And, and they were saying that with respect to a number of things, not going out in public and not coming to church service. Well, I'm just using wisdom. No, you know what? If you say that or if you've been saying that, the truth is that could be a telltale sign that you need to spend some time in God's word, building your faith up in Jesus, not only to heal you, but to preserve you and to keep you well. You know, faith is demonstrated by action. So what I do shows what I believe. So, you know, I was raised again. Let me go back real quickly here. I was raised in a church <clears throat> that I heard it over and over again. Well, sickness may be a blessing in disguise. I would hear things like that, and I would hear uh, things like sometimes God allows you to be sick to teach you something. And and then, uh, you know what? God can teach you something without you getting sick. It may be that you're not going to be quiet enough and sit still long enough. And the only reason that you got taught something is because that's the only thing, only thing necessary for, um, you know, for you to... Uh, for, for you to be still enough to hear from God. So it doesn't have to be that way. They also said, you know, God gets a lot of glory when you're sick. You know, um, and, and by the way, you endure it, you know. Well, if a, that person endured that illness with such patience, God got a lot of glory. You know you find that nowhere in the New Testament. Do you know anybody that Jesus ministered to? They didn't get glory by staying sick. They or give God glory by staying sick. They gave God glory by receiving healing from the hand of the Lord Jesus, if you look at the Gospels again. And, uh, and then I also heard as a kid, you know, there may, may be someone you may minister to uh, while you're in the hospital sick that you, would never, that you may never see. Well, you know, that may or may not be true, but you know what? God can speak to you and speak to someone else to go to someone to minister to them without making, some, so to speak, making someone sick so they'll be in the hospital and go minister to them. My friend, we have some outlandish thoughts and belief systems with respect to healing and sickness today. And you know, it, those things produced great fear in me as a child. That's the reason all my adult life, I vehemently resist fear. I resist the spirit of fear on anything, particularly sickness and disease. So uh, let's get right into our teaching. Faith, I mentioned last time, faith begins where the will of God is known. If the will of God is not known, then you don't have any anything that faith, faith, faith rests upon. Faith doesn't rest on God's ability to heal you alone. You've got to know that not only He can, but that He also wills to heal you. So we, we're talking about that. We're talking about seven reasons that we can know that healing is always the will of God for us as believers. And we've mentioned, uh, we mentioned the first uh, three um, the last time, perfect. we know that it's God's will to heal because of perfect creation. There was no sickness prior to Adam and Eve, the first man and woman's uh, fall into sin. Everything was, was perfect at the end of every day of creation. God said, it's good, it's good. And at the very last day of creation, he said, it's very good. Secondly, God wants his will on earth to parallel what his will is in heaven. And again, we mentioned what Jesus prayed in Matthew 6.10. Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth 
as it is in heaven. If you want to know what God's will is, look to how things are in heaven. He wants that to be the way it is on earth. Number three, God never changes his attitude towards us. He, he, he never changes. He's the Lord. He's, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, forever. Malachi 3, 6. I am the Lord. I change not. So God is ageless and God is changeless. And it's really good to know that he's not temperamental and, uh, you know, his, uh, and that he doesn't change his mind about what is his best for us. God wants us to experience his best. The fourth reason out of the seven that we can know God's will is always healing is in God's mind, number four, in God's mind, the same sacrifice that saves us from sin is the same sacrifice that heals us from sickness and disease. Uh, you catch a glimpse of this in, in Psalm 103, the first three verses where it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities? Who heals all your diseases? So he puts the forgiveness of sin and the healing of illness on the same on the same level or the same plane. Matthew 9. Here's a great illustration from Jesus' ministry. And I want to read this from the New Living Translation, the first seven verses of Matthew 9. Jesus climbed into a boat, went back across the lake to his own town. Some people brought to him a paralyzed man on a mat. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, Be encouraged, my child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of the religious law said to themselves, that's blasphemy. Does he think he's God? Jesus, no, he didn't think he was God. He knew he was. Number Verse 4, Jesus knew what they were thinking, so he asked them, why do you have such evil thoughts in your hearts? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And the man jumped up and went home. See, to Jesus, the same faith that forgives is the same faith that heals. And that's the way it is. How can we know that it's the will of God for us to be healed because the same sacrifice that saves us is the same sacrifice that heals us. Now, as we get further into these lessons, we're going to look at the healing in the atonement of Christ. And I think you'll find some very interesting things there. But the same sacrifice that saves us from sin is the same sacrifice of Jesus that heals us of disease. So if we can understand what it takes to be healed, to be saved from our sin, and to believe that you're forgiven when you don't feel forgiven, then you know what? Then you can understand, then you can understand, um, um, you know, how, how to believe God for healing. It's the same faith that saves us is the same faith that heals us. Number five, fifth reason that we can know healing is the will of God for the believer is because in the Bible, sickness is directly attributed to Satan. Again, sickness is directly attributed to Satan. How can we know it's the will of God to heal us? Because Jesus wants to deliver us from anything that Satan wants to put on us. 
And again, in the Bible, sickness is directly attributed to Satan. Job 2, listen to the first seven verses, New Living Translation, from the book of Job. And Bible scholars say it's the oldest book of the Old Testament. One day the members of the heavenly court came against came again to present themselves before the Lord, and the accuser, Satan, came with them. Where have you come from, the Lord asked Satan. Satan answered the Lord, I have been patrolling the earth, watching everything that's going on. Then the Lord asked Satan, Have you noticed my servant Job? He is the finest man on earth. He's blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears God and stays away from evil, and he has maintained his integrity. Even though you urged me to harm him without cause, Satan replied to the Lord, skin for skin. A man will give up everything he has to save his life. Verse 5, Job 2, but reach out and take away his health, and he will surely curse you to your face. All right, do with him as you please, the Lord said to Satan, but spare his life. Now, verse 7, listen, watch. So Satan left the Lord's presence, and he, that is Satan, struck Job with terrible boils from head to foot. Did you notice God did not strike Job with boils? Who struck Job with boils all over his body? It wasn't God. Why? Because there is no sickness in heaven. God doesn't afflict his children with illness. No, God's arch enemy, Satan. He is the author of sickness and disease. And it's clear, I hear, in the book of Job. God didn't put the sickness on Job. God moved his hand away, and the enemy came in with what he had, which was sickness and disease, and planted it on Job's body. Job said in Job 3, 25, that which I feared has come upon me, and that which I was afraid of has come unto me. See, fear opens a door and an avenue for the enemy to come and attack us. If you have fear of financial failure, well, you know what? It can breed that in your life. If you have fear of failure across the board, it can breed that in your life. If you have fear of people, then you'll be reticent to be around people and it'll affect your relationships. If you have fear of sickness and disease, it attracts demonic forces. And they say, well, I'll just come in. There's a wide open door. Let me put what they're afraid of right upon them. And that's what happened to Job. Satan, again, is the originator of sickness and disease, not God. Acts 10.38, New Living Translation. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Uh, then Jesus went around do, doing good. Now what is, watch, doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Hmm. For God was with him. Here very clearly under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the book of Acts, chapter 10, verse 30 says, uh, verse 38 reveals so clearly, Jesus went about doing good and healing all, now watch, who were oppressed by the devil. Here it causes, it, it, it shows that sickness is oppression of the devil. It's not oppression from the Lord. God doesn't have any sickness in heaven. Sickness comes from Satan. We're building up to a point. You'll see it later. Luke 13, verses 10 through 17. Here it is again. One Sabbath day, New Living Translation. As Jesus was teaching in a synagogue, he saw a woman who had been crippled by an evil spirit. She had been bent double for 18 years and was unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Dear woman, you're healed of your sickness. Then he touched her and instantly she could stand straight. 
how she praised God. Verse 14 of Luke 13. But the leader in charge of the synagogue was indignant that Jesus had healed her on the Sabbath day. There are six days of the week for working, he said to the crowd. Come on those days to be healed, not on the Sabbath. Verse 15. But the Lord replied, you hypocrites, each of you works on a Sabbath day. Don't you untie your ox or your donkey from its stall on the Sabbath and lead it out for water? This dear woman, a daughter of Abraham, has been held in bondage to Satan for 18 years. Now again, she had been doubled over for 18 years and unable to stand up straight. And Jesus attributed this bondage to sickness to bondage to Satan. He said she's been bound by the devil for 18 years. Isn't it right that she be released even on the Sabbath? This shamed his enemies. But all the people rejoiced at the wonderful things he did. So again, Luke 13, the woman that was bowed over for 18 years, Jesus attributed this physical debility to the influence of Satan on her life. She was bound by him. Then 1 Corinthians chapter 5. I can hardly believe the report about, Paul says, about the sexual immorality going on among you, something that even pagans don't do. I am told that a man in your church is living in sin with his stepmother. Verse 2, are you so proud of yourselves? But you should be mourning in sorrow and shame, and, should, and you should remove this man from your fellowship. Even though I am not with you in person, I am with you in spirit. And though I were, I were there, as though I were there, I have already passed judgment on this man. Now watch verse 4. So here's a man in sin. He knows what he's doing. He wants to do it. I mean, he's, he's being sexually intimate with his, his stepmother, which is awful to even contemplate. Not even the unbelievers during that time did that. It was just such a violation of, of, of sensible sensible living, and, and it was a shame to the church. So Paul said, in the name of the Lord Jesus, verse 4, you call a meeting of the church, I will be present with you in spirit, and so will the power of our Lord Jesus. Then you must throw this man out and hand him over to Satan so that his sinful nature will be destroyed and he himself will be saved on the day the Lord returns. Now, the apostle Paul said, call judgment on this guy. How do you do that? Throw him out of the church. Don't allow him to come in living that way, hand in hand with his stepmother, mother sitting beside her, putting his arm around her, holding her hand, and then going home and being sexually intimate with her. Don't let this guy in your church thinking it's okay. It's not okay. A little leaven, a little, a little lump of yeast, you know, ruins the whole or, or spreads to the whole loaf of bread. And so that's what he's saying here. And what did he say do? Throw this man not only out of your fellowship, but um, I'm going to turn him over to Satan that his sinful nature's flesh may be destroyed and he himself will be saved when Jesus comes back. What did he do to turn him over to the devil for the destruction of the flesh? Well, he got sick. Well, who put the sickness on him? It wasn't God. Paul turned him over to the devil for that. Why? Because the devil has sickness. The devil has illness. The devil has infirmity he wants to put on people's bodies. And see, this was a form of discipline because this man would not listen. He opened the door for the devil to come and attack his physical body because he would not repent. He was belligerent. He thought what he was doing was okay. Paul said, it's not okay. I'm going to take 
I'm going to ask God to take his protective hand off of you and you're going to get sick. And that's exactly what happened to the man. In fact, the Apostle Paul wrote this book of, uh, book of 2 Corinthians, another letter to the Corinthian church. And he told him because the man had repented once he got sick and, um, and he was healed of his illness and healed of his, his sickness once he repented. And then Paul said, bring him back into your church fellowship so he won't have too much sorrow. So again, the, it was a form of discipline. You know, I don't know about you, but I want to walk with God. And I don't want to be so belligerent if I'm doing something wrong that, that God has to go to these kinds of measures to get me to repent. Wouldn't you rather let God deal with your heart if you're in do, involved in something that is wrong that will affect other believers as well? Wouldn't you rather go ahead and repent than to have this catastrophic thing happen where the protection of the Lord is taken off of your life and you're turned over to the devil for him to make you sick? I don't know about you, but I don't want that in my life. So again, let's walk with God. Let's do his will. But as you can see in these illustrations, in the Bible, sickness is directly attributed to Satan. We saw that with Job, uh, that, that um, uh, God said, Job is in your hands to Satan, but spare his life is all he said. Acts 10, 38, we saw that, that Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Again, in Luke chapter 13, the woman who had been crippled by an evil spirit, it wasn't crippled by God. She was crippled by an evil spirit, bowed over double and could hardly get around. And, uh, and Jesus' comment was, should, should she not be set free, being a daughter of Abraham that's been held in bondage by Satan for 18 years? And then last week, lastly, we looked at this, this young man here uh, who, was, was, um, uh, who was living in sin. And, and uh, the apostle Paul turned him over to the devil for the destruction of his flesh. In fact, the New King James Version said, to deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. So again, it's not God who puts sickness on people. It is Satan. So see, if we have authority over the devil, and if Jesus has taken out him out of our jurisdiction, us out of his jurisdiction, if we've been delivered from the authority of darkness, translated into the kingdom of his dear son, then, and it, then it's an obvious fact that anything belongs to Satan has no right on us. And if sickness and disease are directly attributed in the Bible to Satan, and if we have authority over Satan, you know what? We have authority over sickness and disease. So, Lord, I pray for us as we go our way. May our faith be encouraged that when Jesus took our sins, he also took our sicknesses. And with the same faith that we receive forgiveness of sins, Lord, we receive the healing of physical infirmity. So in the name of Jesus, I speak to every physical infirmity. Whatever part of your body is affected, lay your hands on it right now. The healing power of Jesus will come upon you. Father, I pray for any person listening to this podcast who has laid hands on any part of their body that has been afflicted by, by illness or sickness in the name of Jesus. And I just simply say, be healed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Satan, take your hands off of that person's body now in the name of Jesus. Lord, let your healing power 
come upon them right now as they hear these words. And may that illness, that infirmity, and that disease be completely driven from their physical body. And Lord, let healing be forthcoming in the name of Jesus. When we come back next time, my friend, we'll, we'll continue talking about seven reasons we can know that it is always God's will to heal our physical bodies. God bless you. I hope you have a great day and week. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Victory Church Weekly Podcast. I hope you're able to get something out of the message today. Before you leave, please make sure uh, that you subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform that you're listening from. Doing this goes a long way in helping us reach a wider audience. Lastly, if you want to reach out with questions, concerns, prayer requests, or comments about today's content, you can email me at pastor at victorychurchraleigh.com. I would love to hear from you. Now go out there and be all that God created you to be today. God bless you.